0: This is the best of the Adam Gold Show podcast brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at
1: CapitalFinancialUSA.com. This is the
2: Adam Gold Show. Our kids played some some games. We went to the, the North Carolina Department of Wildlife. I think I want to get that right, but I'm obviously not going to. Uh, and they gave them like pellet guns to shoot at targets. I'm a little worried. My son peppered the bull'seye. Uh, okay, he's a marksman, I'd say it's like the second time I think he has shot our a, uh, a pellet gun. It's pretty good. We have so we had some kids there that missed the targets, but that's fine. I'd be more more okay with that <laughs> than the other way i'm 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 not sleeping with both eyes closed anymore. You know, you got a 14 year old. They could get mad and go find a pellet gun. Just never mind. It's not, not something you should joke about. But no, we had, they had a good time. They did a lot of cool stuff at the fair. There's a lot more than just fried foods and silly rides, although that's what they pre- pretty much wanted to do. Yeah. There's milking cows. My son milked a cow. Is that going to be a promo, by the way?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: My son milked How a cow. How could it not be? And, and stood right next to a cow. When it projectile defecated. Because that happened. All right, let's do the wall of sound. The wall of sound is a function of this studio. There's no doubt about it. Let's start with the NBA last night. The NBA kicked off or tipped off. I guess we have to say tipped off. It's the NBA. They don't kick off. Their season last night, the Celtics and... Uh, Sixers was a fun game. A really, really fun game. I did not watch any of Lakers Warriors. That was the nightcap. I was long asleep. I did see Draymond Green getting to the arena in a bright green, like a money green shiny suit, which looked awesome. Uh, And I know Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller had the call. So uh, what were they talking about, Dennis?
0: To three pool now. They are going for the overhand right to knock off these Lakers.
3: Be careful how you characterize that. Here comes to Scott.
2: Ah, especially it was a Jordan Poole shot.
3: Exactly. That
2: is even better. Exactly. Even better. Meanwhile, after Draymond Green slugged his teammate in practice, Jordan Poole got his contract. Andrew Wiggins got his contract. So the Warriors are on the hook for, I mean, pretty much three max deals. Curry, Thompson, Poole, Wiggins has a big deal. I said this last week. Draymond Green's not going to get another. not He's not going to get a big money contract. He might get not get another contract at all. With the Golden State Warriors. That era, that era is going to end. In, I mean, Clay will be around, but that's it. I think Draymond's done in Golden State, maybe even after this year. Do you think he opts in at $27 million for the final year? I kind of think he will.
3: But if he opts out, he's going to end up with another team. Uh, he'll end up with another team, but I just wonder... His value outside of the Golden State Warriors is not
2: that high. I agree. I think his value is to the Golden State Warriors. He will not get that money anywhere else, which is why I think he opts in. Yeah. Take $27 million. Um, That's very funny, by the way, Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller. All yeah. right, to uh, to football. Let's start at the NFL owners' meetings in New York. Here is Jim is the owner of the Colts, who came out, I think it was yesterday, and basically said the, NF, the NFL needs to do something about Dan Snyder.
0: Um, in the workplace today, um, the standard that the shield stands for in the NFL, um,
4: that uh, you know that you have to stand for that and protect that, and and um, um, you know I, I I just think that. Um, once owners talk amongst each other, they'll arrive to the right decision. And, and um, uh, I, I just, you know, my belief is that um, unfortunately, I believe that that's the road we probably need to go down and we just need to finish the investigation. But it's gravely concerning to me, um, the
0: things that have occurred there over the last 20 years.
2: All right, I have. I only had one problem with what um, Jim Irsay said there. What the shield stands for, the standard that the shield stands for. Are we talking about different NFLs?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, mm, that's a great question. <laughs> I, just, uh, I wonder how Jerry Richardson feels about I'm said shield. Just curious.
2: Look, Ursay's larger point is sound. Daniel Snyder has to go. So. The, the natural follow-up, hey, Commissioner, did you hear what Jim Ursay just said? What do you think about what Jim Ursay just said? Are you surprised? Are you disappointed that Jim Ursay had strong
0: comments about it? No. How do you like that? How do you feel about it? How do I feel about what? His comments. I just said, and I said it to the membership, speculation without facts is not a very positive thing to do. I think everyone deserves to have facts and to make sure those decisions are made with facts. And the membership will have that opportunity.
2: I really enjoyed that. Now, on on second listen to that, it's possible that Roger Goodell wasn't necessarily endorsing the ouster of Dan Snyder, but I think he was. I don't you could certainly apply uh Goodell's comments to mean something different, but I think that he was advocating that. Yes, I would be completely in support of getting rid of that loser in Washington. I really do. I, I, that's what I think he meant, but it can be it can be interpreted whatever I just said in different ways. All right, here's more on Goodell. This one specifically on the investigation of Snyder and the Washington football team.
0: It's an ongoing investigation. Uh, That's what we talked about. There were no interim reports. Uh, We have not gotten interim reports. Uh, We do not provide any, because we don't have them. Uh, When Mary Jo White is done with her investigation, we will share that with the membership and share it publicly, as we committed to before. Uh, And I was very clear with them, there's no reason for there to be any speculation uh at this point in time or discussion until we have the facts and so that was my message to the ownership and there was little or no discussion
2: all right so i there there must be another investigation because i thought we were done i thought they'd investigated that's what happens when you have multiple investigations they overlap when one ends another begins when one door opens dennis or when one door closes another one opens i don't know I don't know. Sure. We'll go with that. All right. More from the NFL owners meeting. Since when does the NFL owners owners meetings make so much news? Actually, this is about football. Jared, Jera, Jerry Jones, Dallas Cowboys owner on Dak Prescott, his quarterback who is slated to return. I
4: think he'll be back. And I think we'll get to do uh, uh, anything uh, that uh, we want to do. He's, is that no one is more prepared? No one has spent more hours getting ready to play a football game than Dak, and uh, I think we've got it all there—the full repertoire—and uh, uh, so uh, I don't think there'll be any limitations on anything we do.
2: Yeah, there shouldn't be. When he comes I've been back, think about it a lot. In the <laughs> I have been. I have been. I when he comes back, it's because he's healthy. Not because you can't win without him. You can win without him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have won that game with Cooper Rush, a quarterback, even though Rush threw three interceptions. They could have won the game. But Dak Prescott is the quarterback that if you can get to and win a Super Bowl, he will be your quarterback, not Cooper Rush. And he doesn't come back until he's 100%. So there are no limitations. So it's it, to me, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, if you will. I mean, Dak went 100. We'll be back. All right, I, I'm I'm just watching this on the screen on ESPN. They're asking the question: uh, Who has been more disappointing this season, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Mm. Let me ask. Let me answer that question quickly, and I want your answer too, Dennis. Before we play the last soundbite in Wall of Sound, the answer is that's a stupid question. Quarterback is not played in a vacuum. Yeah, your team has something to do like. Anybody who has watched both of these two teams play understands that, yeah, okay, they're both old. Brady is 45. Rodgers, I think,
3: is 39. Yeah, 38. He was drafted only one year after Roethlisberger, Rivers, and Eli Manning.
2: So, and, you know, he was a guy who went to a junior college before transferring. So he spent a lot of time in school. So, but they are not. It's not their job to also block and catch and run routes and catch. All they can do is throw. And you're only going to be so good if all of those things are not operating properly. There's just nothing you can do. Because I've watched both of them play this year where they look great. Yeah. So maybe it's other factors. And maybe they're not good. But I think... Going into week seven, I think basically we've just asked a stupid question. So with that said, I saw Brady yelling during the game. He was screaming at uh, teammates during the game. Dennis, why was Tom Brady screaming at teammates? I'll let him answer Okay.
3: It's a bad day when there's more F-bombs than touchdowns. The only reason why I'm doing it is to try to motivate them and try to get us to a higher level. You know, if I don't feel like we're living up to the expectations and playing up to the expectations that we're capable, then it's that's my job. You know, I'm a quarterback. That's what my job is, to try to get us going and to try to rally us. And there's a lot of ways to do it. And sometimes it's getting on people and trying to raise the level, the sense of urgency and raising my voice and trying to create a different vibration for the whole offense. By yelling? Yeah. Well, here's where it looks. <laughs> here's where it really looks bad. You know, you know
2: how it really looked bad.
3: What's that? If Geno Smith did that to the rest of the Seahawks. Oh yeah. Well, here's how it's a bad look for this week. So he's been not practicing on Wednesdays, right? The veteran thing, which happens across the league a lot, right? And he missed Friday's practice because he went to Robert Kraft's wedding okay. So he wasn't at practice on Friday either. So Kraft got married sat- Saturday? Friday. He was like, his wedding was on Friday or whatever. Friday afternoon? Yeah, at some point. But no,
2: but by the reason I asked that question is mm-hmm. Robert Kraft is Jewish. Yeah. And, I mean, it could have obviously been a non-religious wedding, but they don't do weddings. Like, if you have a
3: Saturday wedding, mm-hmm. it's going to be in the evening. Yeah. Well, it was Friday. It was some point on Friday. So he wasn't at practice Friday to go to Robert Kraft's wedding. And then he skipped the Saturday walkthrough before the team traveled. So he oh. basically went from Kraft's wedding to I'll meet you guys in Pittsburgh, essentially. And then obviously stunk it up on Saturday or Sunday against the Steelers team that had all three of its top corners out. Make Fitzpatrick out. Cam Hayward was hurt. And TJ Watt also out. Belichick didn't go to the wedding. No. <laughs> Cause he was checking tape.
2: Uh, you can watch tape on your phone, Bill. Yeah. Come on, man. Have
3: have uh have the, the the video guys so yeah download it to your phone. Bring, anyway. it, bring it bring it bring an iPad. That's why a lot of people were like, Wait, ho, oh, you skipped most of the week and here you are yelling at everyone to do their job. But you missed most of the week. Who else was at the wedding? Do we have do, do we have photos of this one? There are fo- Well, there's photos of Tom Brady at the wedding. Well, oh, was there. Y- you know who wasn't there? Who? Giselle. No. No, he had to find a new plus one. I
1: thought
2: those kids were going to make it. He he honestly He he's playing too much football. Yeah. He's playing too much football. Sometimes you got to go home for dinner. Yeah. He's staying out be- beyond when the light comes on the school. It's too bad. Too bad. Kids. Come on. Come on, kids. Anyway, she was supportive, and then she decided to stop being so supportive. Like, you know what? We have a we have a thing here. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should come and join it. I would love to see Bob Herrig from Sports Illustrated. I would love to see his passport. Uh Bangkok, Thailand to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Uh, I'm sh- shocked, sir, that you didn't stop over at Zozo in Japan. How are you? Welcome back to the United States. You must be exhausted.
4: <laughs> yeah, it was quite the journey. It was basically going all the way around the globe um, when, when you when you look at it, the way I went. So it's good to be back, though. It's good to be home.
2: All right. Let's, I, I'm, I'm curious about this, and I've got a lot of questions. I, hope, I know we don't have a ton of time, but... Um, I think I've probably followed the goings-on with Live Golf at least as much as any other person who doesn't either work for Golf Channel or make my living covering golf. And here's what I don't understand, because I think I get the issue. I don't understand how it's controversial that Live Golf isn't currently receiving official World Golf rankings points. Explain, if it is, and I may be, may be wrong, but I think it's been kind of framed as this controversy, and I just don't see it as one. It's always been a process, right?
4: Yeah, it's it's a I – think, I think if you step back from it, everybody should realize that this wasn't going to happen right away. Right. Um, that's the fair – probably the fairest assessment. Their view on that is, is they're completely different than any other golf tour seeking points. Sure. And that the, the, you know, the process for reviewing it is completely different than like if you were looking at some developmental tour that was trying to get off the ground mm-hmm. and you don't know who's backing it. You want to make sure that they've got the rules in place, that they're actually staging tournaments, that they can fund it. Obviously, those things are not an issue here.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, they've got, they've got you know people behind the scenes our, our pros who are known in the game of golf who are running this. And obviously they've got the funds to do it. And so (laughs) they think they should be getting it right away. And so that's where there's the controversy, but I think they have been wrong in pushing that. I think they should have been, been trying to, you know, behind the scenes, get everything in order so that they would get them starting next year. That would have been fair. I mean, it doesn't have to go a year. Like, I I agree with them that pops, you know, you shouldn't have to wait a year, either from launch or from when they formed, but they should have to wait sometime. And to think that they were going to get them now, I think was, that was a misjudgment on their part. And especially when you consider that the people, most of them in charge of the OWGR, are people that don't really want to see this work. You know, and so it's. You know, I, I just think they'd they'd have been smarter to play nice as, than to be antagonistic.
2: Bob Herrig of Sports Illustrated, is with us at Bob Harrig on Twitter. Thanks for making that easy. the The thing that really you you mentioned they like a misjudgment, and there's no question that Greg Norman, who is obviously the CEO of all of this, that he has made several miscalculations that are costing the players on that tour and the tour, uh, you know, maybe their rightful spot as an official points-earning tour. And I believe that they should earn points. I just believe that there are certain things. His first miscalculation was thinking that they could essentially threaten their way to getting points or to having their players do whatever they want, even though those players are all employees of Live Golf. Um, is that the first mistake that he made? That saying that you guys can go back and play the PGA Tour whenever you want. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right
4: in that the way he's gone about it has not helped them. The, this whole thing was started as we can be additive. I, 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 I that word just you know sticks out. He right. used that word a lot. Additive. When he said we don't have any problem with them playing the PGA Tour, he meant that when they're not playing for us, they can do whatever they want. Right. And that is the crux of the argument, you know, um and, and why they're why the tour is being sued. they their their restrictions on on uh, player releases is kind of, you know, why they why there's a, a big deal. Now, you know, realistically, could you follow the PGA Tours rules and play for Live? It'd be pretty tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you've got to, there's the 14 for live which are required, and then to be a PJ Tour member, I think they have a right to set membership rules. Um, 15 events. Okay, so now you and that includes the majors and the players. So now you're you're going to play 29. Not too many guys do that. It would be hard. So, um, but yet he's he's if. It, it, I would love for them to see that to be able to be a thing, and then see how many guys actually do it, are able to keep their membership.
2: <laughs> right, exactly.
4: You know, so I do. I just think some of the rhetoric has not helped because because there are there are things about this that you say, what's the big deal? You know, um, you know, we, they've just this has just, never happened before. There's never been the ABA to the NBA or the USFL to the NFL in golf. Right. It's always been, it's always, it just just never really, it's never happened. And so all of these things are new. World ranking points, OWGR wasn't set up to deal with a rival tour that was going to poach players. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the idea that, you know, the tour um, would limit your appearances outside of the tour, nobody's really ever challenged it to any great degree. They've grumbled about it, but what were they going to do? You know, and and I think that's part of their argument. You know, hey, you know, you, we had no choice. Uh, so it's it, that part of it's going to continue to play out. But I, I just don't think the the rhetoric, the the negativity, has helped Live.
2: Yeah, I also think that the Norman using the term additive was a lie back in February when they started talking about it because it, there's no possible way, as you did you did the math, there was no possible way Live Golf could be additive. To the PGA Tour. The Minotaur Tour uh, stunt was just an end around that was, I mean, I I laughed. Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. But the world ranking things, because um, you you pointed out, and I think it's important to note this, and we're talking with Bob Herrig of Sports Illustrated is that there are no actual criteria, there are more guidelines, right? Which means that they can be sort of bent and cajoled in certain ways to make it fit, and a lot of tours don't even have, don't even meet all the so-called criteria. But just starting with what live is, and that are uh, no-cut events, 48-player fields, 54 holes, don't they have to change that part of the structure of that tour in order to get rankings points?
4: The thing that they have to change the most out of those is the no cut. The 48 players is going to be the way the rankings are set up and why, the way they actually were just changed in August. They, the OWGR went through a long yes. several year <laughs> review process and they put in place a new system in August. It has nothing to do with live. It was, it was coming no matter what. Correct. But part of it is, is reducing points for limited field events. So they're going to be hurt by having only 48 players. So like that part of it isn't an issue. We already saw that this year at the tour championship, the 30 player field, those points were reduced from what they were last year. Obviously it's based on the players too, mm-hmm. but they weren't getting as many as they were getting before. So that part of it is, it's sort of like, all right, if you only, have, if you only want to have 48, you're going you're to pay a price for that. 54 holes is also a, a reduction. So they're going to have that too. The, but the, the thing they need is a cut. That, th- there's no way for the ranking system to properly address week by week every single player getting points. And that's the, that's the problem. Is One of the new criteria also is, back before – not everybody who made a cut got points.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Like in, on a, in a tour event, if right. you finished worse than like 50th, you might not get any. Now you do. Now every player gets points. So if you have a no-cut event, everybody gets points. You, you, that can't work on a tour where you're not churning players week to week. So they need a cut. I also think they need to not be locked into 48 players. <laughs> and that is so easily fixed. You know, I I don't mean to be, you know, so blunt, but nobody cares about the fourth guy on these teams. Right. And so you could easily have a system where you churn six, eight, 12 players per tournament, you know, have three or four Monday qualifiers, have three or four who make it off the live points list, and then have three or four who come in who are the, the, say, the highest finishers in the most recent international series event, which they are a part of. So now that doesn't mean that all 12 would change, but at least there'd be the opportunity for change. And that Monday qualifier thing might be really interesting. You know, they could probably charge a lot of money and give it to charity for these, you know, for these qualifying fields, because a guy who gets in is going to make 120,000 minimum. (laughs) There'd be interest in that. But you've got to have – those, those, to me, are the two starting points.
2: Final thing, Bob, I'm, the with if they make alterations to the format of the tournament, how does that impact the contract that these players signed? For instance, I'm just spitballing here. They make format. They make changes. They add players. They, they institute a cut. Dustin Johnson goes to Greg Norman and says, the contract I signed is for this. I'm suing you for breach of contract because if there are players who are regretting this decision at all because of their lack of access to major championships, this is their way out. Is this a possibility that has been floated?
4: You know, I don't know enough about the contracts for that to, for that to really be an issue. The guys who are contracted, um, you know, and trying to, there's, they're not, open about how many have them <laughs> right. I'm guessing it's around 30 guys yeah some of some of them have different lengths like some of them were for only this year um but I think those guys are deep down are fine with all of this I mean yes they want the world ranking points but part of the overcompensation was to make up for the the lost opportunities elsewhere right and, you know, that I, I kind of get that. I mean, that came out a little bit in the lawsuit already.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, when those guys were denied the opportunity to play in the FedEx Cup playoffs, I, I frankly, I thought the live attorney argued that wrong. Because he, there's no price on getting into the majors. And that's what they were fighting for. Because if you get to the tour championship and you're in the top 30, yeah. you're assured of being in the master's. Um, actually the top 30 at the tour championship gets you in three of the four majors. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that is despite not playing any of the playoff events, Taylor Gooch finished in the top 30. Yeah. So will he, will they, will they honor that? But, but what came out, the judge said it's right here in the contracts that you said that, you know, you're paying them to make up for the lost opportunities that they had. Now that's monetary. And so I think you know Harold Varner said it well last week. You know I kind of, I kind of knew what I was getting into. Yeah. I didn't. You know we weren't sure we were going to get ranking points. I can live with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: So um, you know I think, I think that tact would have been better for them. You know this end around with the Mina Tour Well, well, a part of that is really smart because it could have worked for them ultimately. To think you were going to get rubber stamped in a day was just you know, I mean, it just made them look bad, Yeah, you know, and, uh, uh, and so, and so does, and and look, you know, I'll, I'll say this too, in defense of the players, we ask them the questions, they answer them.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: So they've answered, you know, they've been asked the question about world ranking points a lot and they're answering them. And then we hammer them for telling, you know, for telling us that, you know, that they're, that they're mad, that they're not getting them. But I think the, their, their, their attitude could have been, hey, look, I know they need time to review this, but we should have them by next year. That would be a better talking point and easier to swallow than, hey, you know, we're six events, seven events into this, and we should be getting them now.
2: Yeah, no no question about it. And even the players like Rory McIlroy, Hideki Matsuyama, have said those players deserve – we all know Dustin Johnson, top 10 player, top 20 player in the world. Uh, They they should – at some point they will get rankings points, and I believe they will – uh, once, uh, once cooler heads settle, although the makeup of the official World Golf Rankings board is maybe a little problematic for them, uh, Bob. When
4: they, do, when they do, when they do get them, they're going to be reduced points. Yeah, and and they it's going to be harder for them to climb the the uh, the ladder. That's why, in my mind, they should get them. You know, like the the points are going to be no more than probably half of a regular tour event. So you're going to have to play your tail off to to move up. No question. And if that's what you want to do, fine. You know, it's sort of like, if you want to make it into the top 50 in the world, playing on the DP world tour, you're going to have to, you're going to have to be up there a lot.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: So, you know, I, I think that's why ultimately their best argument is the world ranking system is not legitimate. If you're not ranking all of the players,
1: and I, don't, I don't disagree that with that. Be
4: their, that should be their argument. Not we deserve them now. We're, we're meeting all the criteria, even though they don't have to meet all the criteria. <laughs> they're not meeting some key criteria.
2: Yeah, at least at least get the big ones, uh, Bob right. Bob Harrig. Get some sleep. I appreciate your time, man. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing there's really not a ton of golf to cover over the next couple of weeks. Uh, although maybe you'll get maybe you'll be at the team event in uh, at Dur- at Trump Doral and. In- uh, Miami, Florida. I thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for
4: having me. Be well.
2: But I got to the bottom of the Robert Kraft wedding. It was not a wedding on Friday in New York, and it was in New York City. Right, it was not uh, was not up in Foxborough or New England. It was in New York City, and uh, it was a surprise. Wedding, so to speak. Now I'm I'm I don't know why Tom Brady left Tampa to go there. <laughs> exactly. Other, other than Brady also missed two weeks of training camp to go on a vacation with his
3: family. Yeah, I think that is, was a uh, my speculation. Again, I have no sources on this that they were trying to save the marriage. It's you know, it's possible. Yeah. It's, it's very possible. It was a wedding couples retreat. Right. It's it, a it, couples it retreat. Didn't there work. You go.
2: Didn't work. They didn't did go not. to sandals. No, they did not. So, the um, it was a party that was described as uh like uh, a kickoff party. Come, oh. you know, we're gonna watch this. whatever it was, uh, and it was in New York. They told people to dress festively. Oh, and. During the party, which at which Elton John, Ed Sheeran, and Meek Mill all
3: performed. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, Robert Kraft's, like, in tight with Meek Mill, which is just wild.
2: They, they like, visited him in jail. Yeah. Got him out of jail in Philly. <laughs> it's tremendous. Robert Kraft is... There's some things about him that surprise you. <laughs> anyway, um, the... They were announced by Elton John to the surprise of everybody who was in attendance as Mr. and Mrs. Robert Kraft. Mm-hmm. So the wedding happened before. So it, the the reason I I pointed it out was because fri- from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, really mid afternoon Saturday, in the Jewish faith they will not a rabbi will not marry you. They will not do that on the Sabbath. So your weddings you typically. Um, will happen Saturday evening. So, that's the only reason I, I mention that. It's because that uh, strikes me as odd. Uh, so, it was just a party. So, they were married ahead of time. And they got married almost at the suggestion of Elton John. Huh. They were at an Elton John concert in uh, at Gillette Stadium. They went backstage, and Elton saw the engagement ring on, I forget her first name, but her last name is Blumenthal. She's a doctor. And... Uh, he saw the engagement ring and he said, wow, that's a nice thing. When are you guys getting married? And they had basically just talked like, we're going to elope.
3: Hmm. Which,
2: yeah, go he, for like, it. Fine.
3: Go to the courthouse steps. And, you go.
2: and Elton said, well, when you get married, I want to play the wedding. And that's how it was set up. John had a like a break in between. He's doing a farewell concert. Yeah. What, what is Elton John like 80? Yeah. Doing a farewell concert, finally. Uh, There's like the eighth farewell tour. Uh, of It's called Farewell Yellow Brick Road, and Elton flew into New York, played an hour-long set. Nice.
3: Yeah. Did a duet with Ed Sheeran. Meek Mill performed. It was crazy. So there you go. So it kind of reminds me of the episode of Parks and Rec where Andy and April get married. But here's the thing. They invite people for a house party. Right. Everyone's in charge of bringing a certain item. Like, are oh, you got bringing a cake? Are you bringing... This appetizer, whatever it is, so everyone had an assignment. They had a house party, like, oh yeah. By the way, you're actually at our wedding, and just surprise everyone, like surprise nice. wedding for everybody. It kind of reminds me of that. I which mean, is kind of awesome. I certainly see the uh, I see the similarities. This is the Adam
2: Gold Show. I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about.
4: A 12-to-1 student-to-faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career
1: Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu.